and welcome to another episode of Media Boat Podcast. This is episode 151, and this is Mike. Uh, Matt has been sick, which is why this is a delayed podcast and audio form only. Uh, he has been sick. He came down with that flu everyone's got, and you know what that means? It means he gets to make it for me next week. Um, I will be going on vacation. Uh, Matt will be... I'll be doing my solo show now. Matt will be doing his so- solo show next week. And then we'll be back uh, together again in two weeks. But enough about a preamble. Uh, like I said, I'm Mike and this is Beauty Boat Podcast. We cover movies, TV, music, and video games in that order. And we're going to jump right into it since I have no one to bounce this off of. Um, we start every single uh, podcast with the weekend box office and it looks like ralph breaks the internet also broke the box office as he hit 56 million dollars making him number one 84 million for the uh thanksgiving weekend and number two we had creed 2 with 35 million 56 million for the thanksgiving weekend and number three we had grinch at 30 million fantastic beasts uh and the crimes of grindelwald coming in at number four uh, with 29 million, and Bohemian Rhapsody rounding out the top five with 14 million dollars. Coming up this weekend, as just one film, uh, it is The Possession of Hannah Grace, a horror film. Which, if you want another horror film this year, I mean, there's plenty of other ones to choose from, but hey, here's another one. It's new, it's it's a horror film. It's a possession film. Exorcism styles, you know, that big deal. So, hey, that's all for you. And that brings us right into the news. So, first up, we're going to talk about Disney as they released several films for their 2019 lineup. First one is from Pixar. It's Toy Story 4. That trailer dropped over the weekend. Or the, over last week, and it's interesting. It has a spoon, and it's real. But what makes it real? I guess that is what's going to be talked about, or at least that's the hint we're going for. Is what makes a toy a toy from just an inanimate object, and is everything alive? Who knows? We'll see. More trailers to come. Next up is Artemis Fowl. We discussed this film. Or Disney buying the rights to this film and immediately turning it into a book. Or turning the book into a film. Ha ha. Uh, this uh, is a well-known novel series. And Disney's looking for a potential franchise here. Um, Wikipedia Artemis Fowl. I believe it's something about heist. A heist film? A, a junior kid who's like smart in heist stuff, I think. Maybe, possibly. Next one. And lastly, we have the Lion King trailer. That's right. John Favreau's live action Lion King trailer has dropped and it looks gorgeous. I cannot stop gushing about this thing. In fact, I wish Matt was here so I could gush about it to him. And how I was all over this thing, watched it five times. This thing is gonna be great i mean it's john favreau he did the jungle book which that looks good this is lion king which is a known property that everyone knows and mostly loves um beloved film the it is currently the highest grossing 
hand-drawn animated film will forever be that way. I don't see anything beating it because we've all moved on to CG. And this will be interesting because this is live-action CG, which is still a cartoon because there is no real live-action elements, I assume? Maybe? Uh, we'll see. I think they didn't shoot this on location, but if they did, it looks fantastic. But yeah, Disney already making 2019 look good. But the one trailer that they haven't shown yet is Avengers 5. 4? Avengers 4. Uh, whatever the sequel to Infinity War is. Don't know when that's going to drop. Hopefully sometime in December. Hopefully before the new year. I mean, I assume if we're going to get a drop, it's going to be at least before the Super Bowl. If not, it's got to be at the Super Bowl when you got tons of eyes on you. And yeah, um, that actually may not be a bad strategy if they wait until the Super Bowl. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get it in Christmas for a Christmas, Disney Christmas present. Otherwise, you're looking late January, early February for this thing to drop. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about Sylvester Stallone. Uh, he announced that Creed 2 will be his last time taking up the role of Rocky Balboa. He mentioned uh, the role being over in 2006 with the film Rocky Balboa, but was inspired by Michael B. Jordan uh, to come back and officially uh, honored him to carry the mantle of the franchise into the future. Uh, he has played the role of Rocky for over 40 years, and eight feature films. He's currently filming Rambo, Last Blood, and plans on retiring that role as well. So Sylvester Stallone is entering the twilight of his era. I mean, of his era, of his acting career. I mean, yeah, we kind of do want to drop these characters, I guess. I mean, I really don't want to see old Rambo and old Rocky anymore. I think they're well past their prime and... Time for some new ideas, you could say. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about a UK studio called Rebellion. Well, for those of you in the UK who know about Rebellion, this is actually a video game company. But they're moving into film and TV with the with a Judge Dredd TV series and a Rogue, Rogue Trooper film. Uh, that is being directed by Duncan Jones. The new studio will sit on 220,000 square feet and has a 25,000 square foot soundstage that will also be made available to third parties as demand for production space is in limited supply. Currently, Pinewood Studios and other studios in the UK are going through renovation in their sound stages. So this is perfect timing for someone to basically come in and say, hey, we have open studio space, come use it. Uh, Rebellion is valued at $100 million with this company and is expected to create up to 500 new jobs as they get up and running. So if you're in the UK and looking for you in the movie business, look into Rebellion. They're a fresh start company and looking to hire and you could get in on the ground floor and spend your entire career there if you so choose. But hey, it's also a risk with a new company, but they seem to have a good head on their shoulders. I know a lot of people are looking forward to a Judge Dredd TV film or TV series and Rogue Trooper. I don't know. Sounds interesting, at least with the name. And while we're in the UK, let's wrap up movie news with British 
Film Institute. Uh, because they say it will no longer fund films which star villains with facial scarring as part of a campaign to remove the stigma around disfigurement. Films have long made a link between physical disfigurement and evil, and British Film Institute is leading efforts to change this with meaningful representation on screen. Uh, this decision is also part of a diversity commitment which includes a 7% target for filmmakers with a disability. The BBC was recently criticized for casting the able body Charlie Heaton to play John Merrick in their version, in, in their new version of The Elephant Man. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one because as the article I read noted, films such as Darth Vader or in um, Star Wars, Scar in The Lion King, and whatever... Uh, the villain was in Bond Skyfall or just James Bond with like Blofeld uh, and Dr. Evil, I guess um, have like physical scars and dismemberments um, like on their face. And they're British Institute is trying to say, Hey, not everyone who has a scar on their face is considered a villain or is villain esque. And so they're trying to basically rotate that and try and go away. Basically like, no, just because they have a physical like dismemberment doesn't mean they're automatically should be cast as the villain. But I do understand a lot of these are like prosthetics and makeup and character design. But that's going into the British Film Institute idea of, hey, we know what you're doing here, but we'd like it to be clean and not have this stigma of dismemberment equals evil automatically and kids are very impressionable and hey they're the british film so they can do what they want they're kind of like in charge over there in the uk so speaking of in charge i'm in charge here and i've got no movies to review no thoughts which means we're gonna chug right along and into television and we start always start television with sports, and last week, this, uh, last week, this right now is the last week for Final, Final Fantasy, for Fantasy Football before the playoffs begin, which means get those lineups set. If you're on the bubble, make sure you win. If not, your season's going to end or you're going to be playing in the Toilet Bowl or Sacco Bowl or whatever you, you call it in your league. Or if you're like me and at the top and you already got the bye week, whoo, yeah. Um, good luck to all you playing fantasy out there. Uh, watch your games and root for your players. Uh, moreover, uh, if you are having players that are on the Jaguars, you may need to be looking for some other players. Has Leonard Fournette was suspended for fighting, and the Jaguars were just have been doing so bad that they decided to bench their quarterback Blake Bortles and fire their offensive coordinator. This is. Hilarious, seeing as the Jaguars started off 3-1 and one and were poised to be one of the top defenses in the league, and yet they have dropped their last seven games. Ouch. Not a good... That's just bad. Yeah, that's just terrible. Um, Sucks I gotta go see him. <laughs> I gotta go see him play against the Colts. But hey, go Colts. Andrew Luck, Colts for the win. Uh, but speaking of sports... ESPN 
is in the news. By the way, we're rolling into news now. Uh, ESPN is in the news for having lost 2 million subscribers over the 2018 fiscal year. As of now, they still have 86 million subscribers, you know, huge number. However, the ESPN Plus streaming service was able to garner 1 million subscribers within its first year. This bodes well for Disney able to get subscribers for not only ESPN, but for its upcoming streaming service. Uh, Disney, across all of its channels, saw a dip of 2 to 3 million subscribers due to the growth of cord cutters and video-on-demand packages. So it wasn't just ESPN that was getting the shaft here. It's basically all of Disney and all of their competitors as well as the shift goes from traditional cables to an on-demand Hulu, Amazon, individual CBS All Access, ESPN Plus packages where there's different, there's, where there's more of a variety and you can pay a low monthly price for access to everything. Commercials pending. So this is, so cutting the cords is good for consumers. But you know who it's bad for? It's bad for Comcast. And speaking of Comcast, you may be cutting its cord because they're going to raise their uh, fees yet again. Comcast is raising its broadcast TV and regional sports network fees on January 1st, 2019. Start of the new year. Ring-a-ding-ding. Here are some fees. So the broadcast fee will be uh, $10 a month, and the sports fee will be $8.25 a month. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but consider that just last year, or actually, like at the beginning of this year, they had raised the broadcast fees from $6.50 to $8, and the sports fees from $4.50 to $6.50 a month. That's right. All of these prices are a month. Uh, so... That's really technically a growth from six fifty to ten dollars a month over the course of two years, and four fifty to eight twenty five a month over the course of two years, and those fees add up really quickly because that's an easy forty eight dollars just for the TV package and and a twenty four. So put them for the sports, put them together. That's about forty sixty eight eighty bucks of just added on fees beginning this f upcoming year in 2019. Damn. Uh, these fees are not included in their advertised prices and will affect everybody, even those already under contract. Uh, oh, by the way, equipment rental fees for modems, if you think internet was saved, are actually going to go up too by $2 a month, an extra $24 a year. So if you're looking for any more reason to drop Comcast and go for a different company, or, you know, cut the cord altogether, this is a good way to do it. Uh, Comcast, not really smart business strategy, but then again, greed is good for them. I mean, it's bad for consumers, and potentially they're going to lose a bunch of people. But, hey, that's just greed right there. Uh, speaking, so if you're looking to cut the cord, you could actually opt into Hulu because they're having quite a deal going on right now as Hulu is offering a Black Friday deal of 12 months 
for twelve dollars. That's right. One that's that's twelve dollars for per month for the entire year. Now this is for their limited commercial plan. Regular pricing is seven ninety nine a month. Oh no, sorry. Twelve months for twelve dollars. That's not twelve dollars a month. That's twelve dollars for the whole thing. I got that wrong. This is twelve. That's easily twelve dollars for the entire year of limited commercial plan. Regular pricing is seven ninety nine per month. So that's easily like seven dollars in savings per month, right there. Over eighty four dollars in savings for the year. Uh, the deal is available to both new and returning subscribers. Although you must not have had a subscription within the past 12 months or conversely, just use a different email uh, to sign up with uh, or a different credit card. Um, you know, something that is like either a credit card or a different, um, someone different in your household signed up and you can get $12 uh, for the entire year of Hulu, you know, ads. But hey, you know, if you wanted Hulu ads, you get Hulu ads. Otherwise, you know, this is a, easily a better option than going with cable. And lastly, let's wrap up TV news here with Jerry Springer. What's that you say? Yeah, Jerry Springer. Uh, so we had reported that Jerry Springer was going to go away from his regular Springer show. He had, he had not recorded any new episodes within this year. Well, we don't know, know what he's going to do instead. So, officially, the Jerry Springer show is on hiatus slash canceled until further notice. They will not be creating new episodes, but it is not officially canceled. It will still continue to run on syndication because it has so many episodes what Jerry Springer will be doing instead will be transitioning to a TV courtroom in Judge Jerry for NBC uh, for those of you that don't know Spring Jerry Springer is a former lawyer where he served on the city council in Cincinnati and was the mayor of Cincinnati for one year in the late 1970s the setup for Judge Jerry will be similar to other court shows with parties to small claims cases agreeing to argue their cases on camera. Judge Jerry has already been sold to 75% of the country's available markets. This is good news. Uh, so Jerry Springer is not sick apparently. He's um, not retiring at any time soon, but just going on a different format. Uh, judges, judge shows are really popular and small claims courts are super hilarious in people trying to argue their side. Uh, could be good. I mean, it allows Jerry Springer to go back to his roots of being a lawyer and all that, but hey, could be interesting. Uh, I don't see this lasting as long as Jerry Springer just because I don't think he has that much in him, but you know, if you're able to, if he's able to eventually double dip on the syndication I say go for it um, but that's it for TV news that brings us to what I've been watching 
And what I've been watching is a new show on Netflix called The Final Table. This is Netflix's cooking competition, uh, where it's basically MasterChef International. Uh, I say that because each there's two teams, or there's teams of two, from 12? 12 countries? 24 countries? 12 countries? Yeah. So there's 12 countries brought together. And they each, and there's different chefs from each country uh, to compete in this cooking competition. And each week, or each episode, rather, because you can binge watch all of these, uh, each episode focuses on a different signature dish from a different part of the world. It's very cool and international, and just shows that how different a flair any chef can put on these things. And do note that these aren't just, like, regular chefs or fresh out of culinary uh, school chefs. No. No, no. These are master chefs. These are Michelin star chefs. These are chefs that have been internationally recognized. They are at the top of their game, the top of their class, and they're here to show, not only show off their skills, but show off their palate and able to create these uh, designs and these custom uh, dishes. It's very interesting and very uh, delicious just watching. I do want to note that you can, that because it is Netflix, you're able to fast forward through some of the stuff you'd rather not watch, like any of the background stuff uh, for any of the chefs. But that being said, it is really interesting to see where these chefs come from, the type of environment they grow up. And it really uh, resonates with me because, uh, for those of you that don't know, Ratatouille is my favorite film, and one of the biggest messages in that film is anybody can cook, and I love that this is basically that sentence in a show, that here's all these people that came from different backgrounds, who grew up at, from different flavors around, all around the world, and asserted themselves within the cooking world, and here they are in this massive competition. It's really great. Also, um, when they do like the final table or like the final uh, cut, final table, I guess. Yeah, the final table or of the of the episode where three teams compete to stay in. They bring out essentially a master chef uh, itself from that country. Uh, it's really interesting. It's not so far. It hasn't been a chef that I've recognized. But just, like, realizing how, like, awesome, I guess is the easiest way to put it, how awesome these chefs are in creating these dishes, it's really something to watch. Uh, I will finish that up and get back uh, with you on that finale. But it's a cookie competition, and it's, I wish they would change the host. The, the host is really awkward. Um, he doesn't know what to do with his hands. He has his hands thing. But other than that, I like it. I'm going to watch it. It's Netflix. Go binge watch it. Alright, with that out of the way, that brings us to cancellations and renewals. Well, no renewals, just three cancellations. First up, we have Salvation, canceled after two seasons on CBS. We also have Teachers, canceled after three seasons on TV Land. I bring this up because normally we don't cover TV Land, but this will be the last 
original scripted series for TV Land. They're done. They're they're out of ideas. I mean, not ideas, but they just all they have left are reruns and talk shows. I think still, but yeah, no more original scripted series for TV Land. And lastly, uh, Take Two is canceled after one season on ABC. Uh, I think this is the girl who shadows a cop or something. The actress who shadows a cop show, Take Two, uh, canceled one season. Uh, that brings us to our deaths. Death, death, death. First up, Ricky J, age 70, actor in Magnolia and Boogie Nights. And our second death is a little bit more of a heartfelt one, especially for those who grew up in the early aughts. Uh, Steven Hillenberg, age 57, died of ALS, was the creator of SpongeBob. Um, he was a marine biologist beforehand, where he uh, doodled in creating cartoon booklets for sea creatures, and that in turn, when he was able to to take schooling and learn how to animate, was able to turn what he knew from being a marine biologist into creating SpongeBob SquarePants. And that cartoon is currently still running. Um, it's one of the longest running cartoons on Nickelodeon. Um, it's got a float, just happened in the Macy's, uh, yeah, balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And SpongeBob has become an a global icon in the world. Um, so, Stephen Hillenberg, um, it's real sad that he's gone now, but, you know, he definitely left a mark on a mark on the world and on a lot of people's childhoods. Sad, sad, sad. Moving on, then. Trying to get some happy news here. We're going to go into music, and we always start music. With the billboards. Now, I normally don't do billboards because Matt takes care of this for me. But, hey, I'll give it a shot. Let's see what we got going on on the charts. So, first up in the billboard top 100, we've got Thank You, comma, Next by Ariana Grande. Uh, it's... Three weeks at number one, so congratulations. We'll talk about more about Ariana Grande in a little bit. Uh, number two is Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. Three is Happier by Marshmallow and Bastille. Four is Without Me by Halsey. And moving up into the top five, Lucid Dreams by Juice World. Also moving up just outside in number six is Hi Hi Hopes. Uh, Hi Hopes. By Panic at the Disco. I actually like that song. Don't be surprised if you see me put that on my end of the year song list. Uh, for Billboard 200 albums, we have a new number one. And that is Delta by Mumford & Sons. I covered this song last week and I don't see why this should be number one. I did not like it, but you can listen to my full review. Uh... From last week's episode, um, at number two, we also have a new one, a new, a new one, a new a new album, "Love" by Michael Bubble or Buble. Uh, number three, 
is also a new album, The Greatest Showman Reimagined. Uh, and number four, moving back up into number four, into the top five, is A Star is Born soundtrack, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Yeah, congratulations, way to track it. And also new at number five is Caution by Mariah Carey. And just outside, number six, Bohemian Rhapsody. Well done, well done. Now, for what I'm going to be listening to this week, we have new releases. And those include Brian Ferry with Bittersweet, Daniel Romano with Finally Free, Earl Sweatshirt with Some Rap Songs, Jeff Tweedy with Warm, I yell it because that is all capital letters, Warm. Uh, we also have Meek Mill with Championships, the 1975 with a brief inquiry into online relationships. And finally, Alessia Cara with The Pains of Growing. That's right. That's not just growing pains. That is The Pains of Growing. Now, moving right along into music news. We start with Bobby Brown. Uh, has He has filed, or he and his estate have filed a lawsuit over the documentary Whitney, Can I Be Me? Alleging that Showtime, the BBC, and several others, uh, mainly the producers on the film, violated their their rights, uh, violated Bobby Brown's rights, by improperly using footage from the production of the 2005 reality series, Being Bobby Brown. The suit asks for $2 million dollars claiming that Bobby Brown and his daughter appear in the documentary for over 30 minutes, despite never having signed releases for the footage. They're claiming that the rights they signed for the Bravo series didn't carry over for any other usage. What the documentary probably did was they contacted the producers or Bravo on the show and asked if we could use the footage. They said, sure, pay us, and that's what happened. But if... Bobby Brown owns those rights to the series, then they contacted the wrong person and they used the footage illegally. This is basically just going to come down to is who owns the docu or the Bravo series uh, being Bobby Brown. Is it Bobby Brown or is it Bravo? I'm going to go with Bravo here uh, just because they're the production company and they usually own the rights. But if Bobby Brown was an executive producer on the show, which she most likely is, was, is, was, past tense, most likely was, there's a good chance that he may actually have a case here. Uh, moving on to another artist, Ariana Grande. She's had quite a year this year. You could say this is the year of Ariana. Uh, well, if you want to get more Ariana Grande, she will be offering a behind-the-scenes look at her Dangerous Woman tour and the making of her album, Sweetener, in a four-part documentary series for YouTube Premium. This is a great grab by YouTube uh, Premium to get people to sign up. Ariana Grande is big right now. The series features her in the recording studio, on set shooting her music videos, and rehearsal for her MTV VMA support performance. 
It will also feature footage from her One Love Manchester benefit concert. Uh, you can watch all four parts right now through YouTube Premium for $9.99 a month. Or you can wait for a weekly rollout for free. And by free, I mean ad-supported viewing on Ariana Grande's channel. This is a great grab uh, by YouTube uh, to steal. I want to say steal away from Apple because this definitely feels like an Apple uh, docu-series that should have happened. But hey, Ariana Grande and YouTube Prime. Uh, if you, I mean, it's a great way to get people to sign for YouTube Prime, that's for sure. Or YouTube Premium. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk about Sesame Street. Now, since 1973, musicians have <laughs> crossed the street, uh, the Sesame Street, in singing their hit songs. And now, these songs will be explored and repackaged. Warner Media Group... Okay, sorry. Warner Media Group's Art Music Division has signed a multi-year deal for access to the Sesame Street songs and made them available across streaming and download platforms. This marks the first time in 20 years that new music from Sesame Street has been made available. They will also curate a new CD and vinyl, you know, just in time for the holidays. So, if you or, you know, someone young in your uh, family or life Love Sesame Street. Here's a good holiday gift. Also, there's a lot of musicians who've come across Sesame Street. All the way back from like Stevie Wonder in those young days to like Katy Perry like a couple of years ago. And they all, you know, come on and sing songs and hey, perform on Sesame Street. They even do a bunch of duets with them. And now all of them are going to be on a, or actually they're available right now to stream. Or, you know, get them on vinyl for the holiday or CD for your young one. Good call by Sesame Street. I'm not, I'm kind of surprised this has not been done before. Or if it has, I just haven't noticed yet. <laughs> All right. And that brings us to our last bit of news in music. And that is a company called Paradigm Talent Agency. If you haven't heard of them, that's okay, you probably know some of the artists they manage. Well, they announced the acquisition of Morris Hyman Management and are bringing them into their touring department. Uh, the deal brings country artists like Kenny Chesney, Old Dominion, Brandon Lay, and others into the Paradigm Talent Agency music roster, which includes Casey Musgraves, Ed Sheeran, Coldplay, Tiesto, Imagine Dragons, and many others. Uh, in addition to the touring business, Paradigm will work to manage their clients as well and bring bigger ideas to their tours. So this really means nothing to the consumers, or at least to everyone in the general, general audience. Uh, but it does mean that Expect these shows to either get bigger, louder, or possibly more frequent tour dates. Uh, Paradigm, there's no... I didn't see anywhere where it said how much this deal was for. It just said that they were acquiring them and that they're going to work them into the fold of their management group. So, hey, 
new artists under new management uh, for touring. Touring specifically. Do note that this is only for when they go on tour. This is not for when they're in the studio making an album. Those are for... Those are separate managers. I just want to make that perfectly clear. Those are separate managements. So don't think that all these new country artists are going to start sounding very poppy. No, that's completely separate. You may see them do a bit more outlandish or a bit more gimmicks within their tours. But as for long as their music, that is still them. Now, now that's done. Uh, I have no thoughts on music. I didn't listen to any new music. As I noted last week, there was nothing good coming out. So, that brings us right into video games. And... I'm going to start with new releases. Last week we only had one new release. Uh, that was the Tractor Simulator or Farming Simulator 19. This week we up at the game to two new releases. We have Ride 3 for PlayStation and Xbox, and we have Darksiders 3 for PlayStation and Xbox. That Darksiders trilogy concludes. You can also get the complete Darksiders uh, trilogy on PlayStation and Xbox as well. Now moving right along into video game news. And we start with the big one, Red Dead Online. For those of you who have not been playing Red Dead Redemption, you're like me and for some reason still have yet to play it. Uh, I've kind of like given up on searching for Redbox for it and kind of waiting to see if I get it for Christmas. I'll play it then. If not, I'll resume my red box hunt for at least a month because then I'll be playing Kingdom Hearts 3 at the end of that month. But we'll get to Kingdom Hearts 3 later. Uh, first, we're, of course, talking about Red Dead Online. Well, the beta went online Tuesday, uh, only for owners of the Ultimate Edition of Red Dead Redemption 2. It will be a slow rollout uh, for those who have played the game within its first three days of release. However, on Friday, November 30th, the online version will open up for all players. Uh, Rockstar plans for the world to be transformed over time and promises, quote, constant updates and adjustments to grow and evolve this experience. This is exactly what they did with GTA Online. And that has been a money maker for Rockstar. In short, this is going to be Rockstar's new cash cow, assuming they can keep people not only coming back into uh, the world, but continue to spend money for upgrades and more purchases and more uh, stuff within um, Red Dead Online. This includes housing, clothing, that's right, housing, horses, Buildings, communities, make money in GTA on or GTA in Red Dead Online. This could be a big cash cow for them. That's exactly what they're hoping for. I've yet to play it. I'll get back to you guys if I ever get around to playing it. I did not play GTA Online. I did not play GTA 5. I've always been meaning to, but by now that game is oh wow. Five years old? Yeah. Um, I I probably missed the, the boat on that. But a game that I could not have not missed the boat on is Obsidian. 
uh, as we noted a couple weeks ago, or really this past month, Obsidian Entertainment was bought uh, by Microsoft. And now we know what they've been working on. Well, kind of. As Obsidian Entertainment will be unveiling its next role-playing game at the Game Awards on December 6th. The news comes alongside sponsorship of, quote, Spacer's Choice, uh, featuring the image of a retro space gun. Uh, this game will be published by Take-Two Interactive's private division, which was formed in December of last year. This sounds interesting. Uh, this is a new game by, uh, by Obsidian Entertainment, the guys who brought us um, Fallout New Vegas. And could, sounds like it's going to be a Fallout-esque space adventure. Possibly. I don't know. I'm just going off of an image and what the aesthetic is. It definitely looks more like 50s era new world. The world of the future looks like this back then. So it's... I want to say Bioshock looking, especially in its advertising. But, you know, we don't, really don't have that long to find out what this game is. As the Game Awards, as uh, we noted last week, are on uh, November 9th, uh, which is next week. No, 6th. November 6th next week, uh, next Friday. Uh, speaking of the Game Awards... They will have 10 games being unveiled during the game during uh, the game awards. Now, that's 10 games unveiled. They will have most likely more trailers throughout, but these are 10 new games unveiled world premieres. Um, first time coming out and most likely release dates. I'm talking Kingdom Hearts, I'm talking Dead Rise, not Dead Rising or Death Stranding. I'm talking potentially Days Gone release date. Um, the Last of Us release date. Last of Us Part 2. And and others. I don't... I mean, there's 10 games for 2019 getting release dates. Or at least being announced. So, hey. It gives you all the more reason to watch the Game Awards. But I won't be. I'll be on vacation. But what I will be uh, paying attention to is the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, as its chairman, Joseph Simmons, has pledged to look into video game loot boxes. That's right, we're talking about loot boxes again. Uh, as they, loot boxes are projected to generate $50 billion by 2020 and could be seen as an endemic to the video game industry. As children are the main target for the video games, the FTC will investigate and make sure kids are protected from potential addiction. They're going to uh, be doing this at the behest of Congresswoman Senator Maggie Hassan and, you know, following vaguely in the footsteps of uh, the Belgium government as they took their own steps to limit and basically eliminate the the use of loot boxes or at least yeah the use of loot boxes in video games um it's it's a good step i'd like to see this go further but as for this being an actual like 
federal law regulation, I think we've not seen the end of loot boxes, but rather the more openness of what's considered a loot box or rather the not the the, the stats behind a loot box and what you can get and how how often not often available the the chances are of getting what you actually want out of a loot box i think that's what i'm going for here Oh, well, hey, I talked about Belgium eliminating loot boxes, and that brings us to our final story uh, of not Belgium, but rather Kingdom Hearts. As its uh, mobile game, Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, has officially been eliminated from Belgium. By that, I mean it has been kicked out of the country due to it having a loot box system within the game where you pay tokens and you get get medals um and that's been officially kicked out of belgium but that's not what i'm here to talk about kingdom hearts 3 for that's just a little side note uh i'm talking about kingdom hearts 3 because of amazon uh well they had a live stream of their black friday deals with the promise of exclusive kingdom hearts 3 trailer and dlc uh to be announced during their live stream of black fridays well the content was initially delayed and then ultimately removed with 30 minutes be before uh, the stream went live. They told their hosts uh, that, hey, we don't have this trailer. Don't promote it. We're not going to do it. Good luck. Um, so there, were, there actually were plans to show a trailer uh, for, for the content, uh, which would have been an exclusive Amazon Keyblade. However, this Keyblade would have actually been in a similar style to the already announced uh, already announced Keyblades that we have for PS4 exclusive pre-order and Xbox One exclusive pre-order. I think there's also a Best Buy exclusive pre-order um, that you can get as well. But yeah, they're basically just reskins. And this one is even worse because uh, this the Amazon Keyblade would have actually been just a exact reskin of a Keyblade that was already announced for 7-Eleven in, Jap in Japan. The 7-Eleven Green Keyblade would have been what Amazon was getting, just a reskin of that. Uh, this is terrible. Um, according to Amazon, they say that they didn't show a trailer because uh, because Square Enix didn't give them one. Although in their files they did say that they had one, they had an Amazon trailer ready to go, but it wasn't like final or complete yet. And yeah, that's why we didn't get one. But this also means that it was actually that means that means the trailer does not exist. It's actually been delayed a week and will most likely premiere during the the Game Awards because. Apparently everything is premiering during the Game Awards now. Uh, so yeah, there is that going on. And that's actually going to bring us to the end here. Um, I have no thoughts on video games. Well, that's not true. I played uh, the free games from PS Plus, Yakuza, and the other indie game that that's been out for a while. But yeah, uh, the free games on PS4 
PS Plus right now are pretty good. I enjoy them. If you haven't picked up a Yakuza game, this seems pretty good. Start at the bottom, work your way up. And that brings us to the end, so it's time to plug away. If you enjoyed this podcast but don't like to hear the sound of my voice, well, you can catch Matt doing a solo show next week um, as he will be taking the reins over and be in control in the driver's seat. Now, if you want to catch us on Facebook, we are uh, facebook.com backslash media boat podcast. We are on Twitter, uh, twitter.com backslash. You can find us at media boat cast where we go to, uh, Twitch when we go live for video games. That's at media boat podcast. And on YouTube, just search media boat podcast when we go live. Uh, we'll be back to live streaming uh, in two weeks when we're both together. And we'll be doing more stuff to come. Uh, we are entering into December, so look forward to our end of the year lists coming out. And we'll be doing special end of the year podcasts where we will be covering everything and doing basically a big recap of, of the year um, for 2018 that we're in now. And get ready for season four of, tw- of in twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, season four. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next, or at least Matt will be back next week, and for more news and content. Also, check out our website, meetaboatpodcast.com. We can see some of the written stuff we have. We can see uh, stuff of, of our podcast, both live and audio only. So yeah, take that. Uh, I'll going on vacation. I will see you guys. In two weeks, Matt will be piloting this thing next week. Okay, bye.